0: To Upholding Matters, I'm your host, David Paul. This is episode 43. 43 is another number I like. When I was a kid, we had the hunt for 1943 pennies. Because there were still some in circulation, and they were from the war, and they were made of a tin alloy thing that they weren't the normal copper-colored pennies. So that's what I remember about forty three and I have an aunt who was born in that year. And so there's a lot of connections and these people have memories and I like to think sometimes about people not only where they're from, which is important, but what year they were born because that signifies a lot about how they came into life and through life and perceived life and That's something that you can gain an awareness of. So what's that got to do with the State of the Union or Katie Hill, my new favorite person? I did see Katie Hill at the State of the Union, and it was quite an event. It was, um, to me, strange, strange to see Donald Trump threaten Congress, peace, and legislation. There can't be that if you have war and investigation. So, that was Tuesday. And now, it's coming around Thursday and the Democrats are filing a whole lot of investigations. And of course, Katie Hill is on the investigation subcommittee. And It'll be interesting because they're laying the groundwork to get Donald Trump's taxes. And I'm hearing news stories of ways that insiders say that they're going to disrupt that or drag it out, make it longer. But as per the law, Congress can get those records for anybody including the president. So that'll be a big tell, a big reveal. I can't wait. And I encourage you to look up more about all these stories if you're not sure. But there were things today that were parts of the Cohen sentencing were released or something for the first time, and people got a chance to look at them. And the takeaway was that all the stuff that he's guilty of, the taxi medallion crimes and all the other stuff, those things have been released. But the ones that haven't are the campaign finance payoffs to Stormy McDaniels and Karen McDougal. I believe that's her name. They were um, intimate with the Donald. And uh, they tried to silence them. And it's getting very complex. And this is where it's going to get really crazy. See, the National Enquirer, which was involved in these payoffs to these women, along with Michael Cohen, they had a plea agreement to be not prosecuted for telling everything they know about their role in these payoffs, these campaign finance violations, their felonies. And yeah, maybe they don't get prosecuted much, but this is, well, there's something more there. And boy, is there something more. Now, it turns out that AMI, the parent company of the National Enquirer, who covered for Donald Trump? David Pecker is Bud. They their agreement states that they will commit no further crimes, and so now, it for some reason they picked a fight with the richest man in the world, Jeff Bezos of Amazon, who owns the Washington Post and who Trump hates and feuds with on Twitter. Well, I don't know if he they feud, but. Donald Trump sure tweets some things that are not very flattering. And so this poor guy has gone through a divorce, and he had a girlfriend, and this is what this stuff is about, pictures that were of him and his mistress and text messages, and, you know, it's ugly. So it turns out that the Inquirer took great delight in Jeff Bezos's unfortunate relationship issues and now he investigated them because they may have bribed and paid off somebody to get this stuff his uh girlfriend's brother is involved some way and he's involved in some of these organizations that are pro-trump and so Did I mention that Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world? And he's got the best investigators. And so if the National Enquirer has done these things and has slandered him, or how, you know, the law, I'm sure, I'm sorry. Uh, No one can be an expert in all these things, I suppose. I listen to a lot of stuff and there are differing opinions, but basically... Yeah, it could be extortion, it could be blackmail, which is what Bezos is alleging. And my God, if you get pictures of somebody and threaten to publish them, if they don't dance to your tune, what's that? So here we are, just days out of the State of the Union, where Donald Trump was threatening to have no legislation if there's investigation. And... We have now his friend, who's covering for him, the National Enquirer, looking down some serious trouble and really freaking out at the stupidity of their decision. It's uh, it's telling. Tomorrow we're supposed to have Matthew Whitaker, the acting attorney general, testify before Congress. And this should put a few more wrinkles in it that will really mess it up. And by that, I mean up the tension levels to the totally unmanageable. So Donald Trump just gets more erratic and more frustrated and painted deeper into a corner. And it's hard to know what will happen because if he declares his national emergency and tries to get money to build the wall and shuts the government down and again, and my goodness, we're faced with a real dilemma. We're faced with a possibility of, let's face it, all this time, the entire Trump administration has been this crazy roller coaster ride nobody knows and every time something happens i mean there's a lane of predictability or least resistance but there are also the things that we can't really begin to understand and that's where we're at so let's dig deeper Welcome back. What a difference a day makes. Here we are on Friday and we went through the Matthew Whitaker testimony today. I don't I hesitate to call it testimony. It was it was a circus. It was a exercise in malingering. I mean he really drug out his answers with a mister Chairman. And just, you know, that little bit of time eaten up over the course of the thing cuts into the real purpose. And I would come back to this in a little bit because it falls into the general class of debacle. You know, sometimes we learn our best lessons from debacles or at least crises that we find a way to manage. Now, we've had a cold in my house and my whole family has been afflicted at different times. In other words, I had the worst part first and then a couple more and finally the last one. And here we are. And, you know, I'm pretty much well, but there were some changes. I used to do it all in one shot and try and get 25 minutes for a good show. And through the time, I've learned to split it up Thursday, and then see what Friday brings, because there's usually things that are worth getting in. They kind of go together. And so, you know, everybody was not well and not out, and I had earlier time to prepare, and I try and do this later, and sometimes I slurk because I'm tired, and I apologize for that. And I'm nowhere near as sharp, and sometimes it just sounds bad, and I can't find this stuff that an hour ago I had on my mind, and, you know, I apologize for all that. I want to have a good show. I want you to think about these things, and I want to try and tie them together in a way that they're usually not, or at least my perspective on it. So by all means, I want it to make sense. And I'd like to start out talking about my democratic friends. As you know, I have been thinking about being a good Democrat rather than independent because they seem to have the momentum. And it turns out that they may have, well, not shot themselves in the foot, but just through a course of errors and unfortunate situations, are placed in a position where a lot of the scrutiny comes off the bad behavior of the republicans so in virginia you have the democratic governor northam i hope i pronounced his name right anyway he's the guy that is the doctor and was found in blackface in his yearbook and hopefully because he's not the klansman then but isn't that the bad news (laughs) um his lieutenant governor since i talked about this in the last show has been, I chuckled tonight, not not because it's not sad, but because it's just so ridiculous. Um, but the, the lieutenant governor was charged with sexual assault. One woman had come forward and he protested. And now a second woman has come forward and everybody finds this credible. And you know, you just hear in the news, has been accused of multiple sexual assaults. I mean, I laugh because isn't one enough. So you go down the line and the attorney general of the state is the next in succession if the uh, governor and lieutenant governor flop out. And he just came right out and said, look, I I did a bunch of blackface. So now, eh, what do you do with that? Because you can't take the punish the governor by making him resign because you got your lieutenant governor and then you get down to your third in line and he's got the same problem as the first guy that you just kicked out. And if you do any, uh, all of that, you put the Republican in charge because the fourth guy down, he's a Republican. And this affects a lot of things. For instance, redistricting and all these things that happen at the turn of the decade when uh, whoever has control gets to set the new boundaries, congressional boundaries, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's very complex. And I, again, encourage you to look, but there are some benefits to having a Republican governor. And if they give that away, it doesn't help. So then we come today to the testimony of Acting Attorney General Matt Whitaker. And through time, I have watched men and women in positions that you just have a lot of respect for. I mean, they seem to have knowledge. They've been in it. And yeah, maybe they've been part of the problem too for all the years that there's been a problem, but no one's just responsible for some of this stuff. So you need practiced statesmen who know how the system works and stateswomen. And you need someone with at least some experience with these types and levels of dealing with people like that. So anyway, this Matthew Whitaker, it was just so apparent today. That he's completely out of his league. He, uh, you know, he was the executive director of a not-for-profit that's currently under investigation by the FBI for fraud. And if you look into that, it's that should be disqualifying right there. Despite his other... Obvious lack of experience. But of course, he was put in that job to foil the Mueller investigation. So, I mean, that's just my opinion, but seems pretty obvious. And so now that's going on. And the chairman of this committee, this oversight committee that's looking into him asking questions, he had the nerve to tell the chairman that his time was up on the clock. He couldn't ask him any more questions. I, again, I, I almost apologize for laughing, but it's it's embarrassing of the greatest magnitude to me. It's, I, I have no idea. I mean, it just shows you. You know, decorum is, is an elective, I guess, and when someone violates that, that, you'd hope that there'd be like a bolt of lightning or something, but it doesn't work that way. So now looming with the government shutdown and the national emergency will get us into court. On the periphery of that, there's something that we need to remember. We have taken these children away from their parents and are not allowing them to seek asylum. And it's just, it seems like that whole policy all along was just meant to punish and intimidate and dissuade people from trying to come and they didn't realize they're so desperate that whatever they do is almost better but they probably weren't prepared for the pain of their children being taken away donald trump went to the prayer breakfast and that was yesterday and some of the tape i saw it's just it's just disgusting because if you're a person of faith in that audience and you hear that man speak and you know anything about his behavior. It just seems laughable that you share any beliefs, even though he's got Mike Pence in tow. I mean, it's just, the charade offends me. So wrapped up in all this stuff is a Saudi Arabian connection with the National Enquirer and Jeff Bezos. And it turns out the Enquirer has been trying to promote Saudi Arabia's public Impression. They made a glossy magazine and just sung the praises of this uh, number two guy that's now the going to be the king, the crown prince. He's the guy that lured the um, journalist Jamal Khashoggi to the Turkish embassy and murdered him and butchered him. And it seems pretty clear that our government, our intelligence, understands exactly what happened and who did it. And it's of no, you know, no never mind to the uh, prayer at the prayer breakfast. So at least Donald Trump isn't catering exclusively to the Russians. And the Saudi Arabians had a lot of exposure at his inauguration and his inauguration committee or organization that runs it spent twice as much as Obama and did a quarter. Where, you know, where is the money? So they've been subpoenaed and they're under investigation. And a lot of that money came from Saudi Arabia and there's a swaps of influence. And, you know, it's all in there. It's, it's uh, pretty complex. I mean, I don't know who will have time to read the Mueller report. If it came out in its entirety, it would probably be almost like a novel, but that's what we got. we, have a week or so to figure out if there'll be a shutdown of people will get their tax returns if more untold damage will be done but I want to leave by talking about something that impressed me I saw Megan McCain on the Late Show with Stephen Colbert and it was touching because she talked about her father's funeral and you know, I am a McCain fan. I talk about voting for him in 2008 because living in California, I wanted him to get a couple of votes, but he, um, he was a hero. He was a national treasure and worked his whole life despite, just to make this a better place. That was one of the times during the campaign when Trump said those terrible things. He doesn't like people who get captured. He's not a hero that I thought would be the end of him. It didn't happen. And it was still as horrible as you'd think to hear some idiot even say that. But John McCain was pretty clear, according to Meghan McCain, he didn't want Trump at his funeral. He didn't want any Trumps there. And what happened? Ivanka and Jared showed up at the funeral. Can you imagine the balls of that after being told not to come? And they just gangstered it anyway. I mean, Meghan McCain makes some great points. You know, there's conservatives and there's Republicans and there's liberals and progressives. And everybody's got their own ideas. This is what I took from it. And the left should no more demonize someone on the right for being conservative, then a person on the right should demonize a person on the left for being progressive. There's a mix and match of all these ideas that'll get us to where we need to go. And the real thing is it's all working on it together that gets us there. So let's keep working on that. Let's keep working together and trying to understand each other and understand what is truth and what we believe in and what measures up to those standards. God bless y'all. God bless America.